This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 22nd of April in your Squiz today. Anthony Albanese has COVID. Timor Leste's new slash old president. Warnings about a global food crisis. And a good Anzac Bicky recipe. This is your Squiz today. Labor leader Anthony Albanese has tested positive for COVID two weeks into the six-week election campaign. It means he'll go into ISO for a week, making the task of campaigning as Australia's alternate PM a whole lot more tricky. We'll see how it plays out over the next seven days, but we can probably expect a lot of press conferences via Zoom, Claire. Yep. We'll see Anthony Albanese's head and shoulders a lot (laughs) in the next bit, not in full form. Uh, That's certainly what Scott Morrison did in March when he had COVID. He had to isolate and he did plenty of interviews and press conferences uh, just from home. He was zoomed into a whole lot. Uh, As he had COVID, Albanese toured marginal seats around the country. So there's no suggestion that the campaign's being suspended for Albanese to take that time out. Scott Morrison's going to continue on. And the idea is that Labor will also continue, but with people like Richard Miles, who's the deputy leader, uh, Treasury spokesman Jim Chalmers, Foreign Affairs spokeswoman Penny Wong and others to actually take the lead on the ground while Albanese zooms in. Albanese hadn't had COVID, so this was always a possibility while out and about mixing with so many people. It's a pretty big disruption, but nothing that the Labor team haven't wargamed for. Yeah, they say that they have a contingency plan for this very scenario and it's already in play with the press pack that has been travelling with Albanese going over to Perth for the engagements that Albanese was going to do today. So we'll see how that all plays out on the ground. As for what this does to Labor's chances of winning the election on the 21st of May, it's an open question. We'll have to see how it all plays out. There's still four and a bit weeks to go in the campaign. Uh, and a lot of water to go under the bridge. Obviously not ideal, but there are some Labor sources that say the only good thing is that this has happened now and not in the last week of the campaign when things are at the pointy end. As for how he's feeling, he says he's feeling fine so far and he thanks everyone for their well wishes. The Prime Minister, as well as other politicians, have wished him all the best. On to international news, Timor-Leste, or East Timor as it's also been known, is an island nation just north of Australia. It's a young nation. It won its independence from Indonesia in 2002. They've just held their presidential elections, Claire, with Nobel Peace Prize winner Jose Ramos Horta claiming a pretty decisive victory. He used to be the president and he used to be the prime minister. He's also been the foreign affairs (laughs) minister. And before that, uh, he was a really key part of the resistance in or less to gain its independence from Indonesia. So he is a big national figure. Uh, what has happened in Timor Leste in recent times is that there's been a bit of a political stalemate. Uh, the president was Francisco Guterres. Uh, he had a deal with Janana Guzmao, who is another big figure uh, in the politics of that nation. Uh, but the deal wasn't honoured where there were ministers from Guzmao's party who were to be sworn in as ministers. 
uh, Guterres didn't do that. So this new presidency breaks that stalemate. There'll probably be new parliamentary elections. Uh, we'll wait and see how that goes. But Ramos Horta has a really big job ahead of him. There's 42% of the population of Timor-Leste who live below the poverty line. So revving up that economy is a really big thing to do. He will be sworn in on the 20th of May, and that'll be the 20th anniversary of Timor-Leste's independence from Indonesia. We're politics and election heavy this morning, but a check-in on France's presidential elections. Emmanuel Macron will face off against Marine Le Pen in a runoff vote this weekend. They also had their leaders debate this week. Yeah, this is like a dream edition for me. Three big <laughs> elections that we're talking about off the top. And yeah, certainly what's happening in France is at that pointy end. Uh, Macron is favourite to win. It looks like his chances have gone up a little bit in the last couple of weeks since the first round of voting. Uh, he scored 66% of the vote when he won that election in 2017. He is striving to become the first French president to be re-elected in about 20 years, but Marine Le Pen is no pushover. She has a lot of support on the far right of politics. We'll see how that goes. We'll probably know the result on Monday. As you say, he is the favourite to win, but as always, the only poll that matters is the one on Election Day. The situation in Ukraine is troubling in and of itself, but the World Bank is now warning that the world faces a human catastrophe in terms of a food crisis because of Russia's invasion. Yeah, Ukraine is known as Europe's bread bowl. It's a big producer of cereals like maize and wheat, uh, also produces a lot of sunflower oil and fertiliser. They are big things when it does come to feeding the world. So the eventuality that this war has really seen production in Ukraine Uh, fall through the floor has big organisations like the World Bank uh, and the United Nations and many others worried about not just what happens in Ukraine, uh, but what happens to food and food prices around the world. Uh, Already global food prices are at their highest since records began 60 years ago, according to the United Nations. So that food inflation is real. And for people in poverty uh, and on that line of really worrying about feeding themselves, it's a big concern. As for the latest development, overnight US President Joe Biden announced a further $800 million security assistance package for Ukraine. They'll be sending heavy weapons, ammunition and drones to the front lines there. Now, we know pandemic puppies are a thing, people getting a dog during lockdown. As we're all getting out of lockdown, though, it's creating a booming business for dog walkers and trainers, Claire. Yeah, those pandemic pups need to be looked after now that we're getting back into something that resembles normal. (laughs) Uh, Dog walkers say that they've still got a little bit to get back on track because of hybrid working. There's a bit of uncertainty about what people are doing, whether they're going into the office, whether they're staying at home and how that's all going to shake out uh, in a longer term sense. The people who are doing really well are the behavioural specialists. Mm. Uh, That's because there's all of these uh, pups and all these rescue dogs who have basically spent 24-7 with their new owners. And now that those people are heading out and about, these pups are really anxious about being separated. So those behavioural specialists have a bit of work to do. Your little mate Tucker's at the opposite end of the spectrum. He wants you back in the office so he can have some quiet time, Claire. The worst thing that's happened in Tucker's (laughs) life is COVID and having me around full time. He has really not appreciated it, that's for sure. 
<laughs> if you haven't ever seen a pic of Tucker, I'll pop a link to him in your episode notes. He's, uh, <laughs> he's quite the gentleman, this little French bulldog. Friday Lights, Claire, we're heading into another long weekend. What's cooking? What's cooking this weekend is some lamb shanks. I don't know why. You know how you get these sort of cravings and they just stick with you for days? Uh, I've had it with these lamb shanks, so I'm going to put them on Sunday night. Given we've got the long weekend, that seems like a good thing to do. It's a Matt Moran recipe. They're Moroccan-inspired. I'm going to be making some Anzac bickies and I'm going to be checking out your mum's recipe. Yeah, it's all about me, this podcast this morning, isn't it? My dog, my mum. <laughs> Yeah, Mum's Anzac Pickies, they are winners. They're a good old recipe. They couldn't be easier. You can get the result where they're nice and chewy or you can leave them in for a bit longer and they're crunchy, so they're a good one. Yeah, the timings of when to pull them out of the oven is included and that's the bit that I've taken note of. Also a recommend from us, The Valhalla Murders on Netflix. It's set in Iceland. It's a detective hunting a serial killer. There's a strong female lead, so a good one to cosy up with over the weekend if that's your thing. Squeeze the day, Claire, or across the long weekend. What are you keeping an eye on? It's World Book Day tomorrow. I haven't no. read anywhere near as many good books <laughs> as I should in the last couple of years. I've been reading lots of news, but not a lot of books. So I'm going to reorganise the pile on the bedside table tomorrow and get myself a bit motivated, I think. Of course, our next episode of Ask the Squiz is out tomorrow. You and I, Claire, cover off a whole bunch of questions from squizzes that they've sent through about all sorts of things, hung parliament, career politicians, policies. So check that out tomorrow as well. And of course, it's Anzac Day on Monday. Marches and Dawn services are back this year. We'll be taking the public holiday. So we will be back with you on Tuesday. Have a good one. We'll talk to you then.